Good evening, and thank you for joining uh, Newark UBC for our evening broadcast. Uh, it's an honor to be with you all tonight, both guests and family. We appreciate each and every one of you. Well, tonight I have a word for you uh, that I pray will be received in the spirit in which it's intended, uh, which is with love and um, kindness. I hope to call you tonight uh, to remembrance. hope to call you to a better place, if you will, tonight. Uh, but I'm going to jump in with prayer, and we're going to let God have his way. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, oh, for this wonderful opportunity to gather in your name. God, we ask that you would minister to each of us this night, God, that you would bring our thoughts in the captivity to your spirit, Lord Jesus, that you would minister to each and every one of us, oh God, that what you desire to be accomplished in this message be accomplished tonight. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you, God, and we thank you. Thank you for your many, many blessings, Jesus. We thank you for your provision, for your kindness, for your guidance, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we appreciate you this night, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Speaking of appreciation, tonight I want to bring to you a message that I'm calling The Cost of Complaining and the Value of Appreciation. I realize that <clears throat> this is a trying time that we're in. It's gone a little longer than we all had anticipated um, and that we're getting a little antsy at home. And I, I definitely understand that I've had my moments. But let me backtrack a little bit and remind you of just a few things. One, on February 23rd, God sent Newark a very, very specific message. Not to the church as a whole, but to Newark UBC specifically. And in that message, God was preparing us for this season and for a season that is yet to unfold. Uh, if you have the time, go back to that February 23rd message and listen to it in light of where we are now and see if you can see some of the things that I'm um, pointing to in this message. Well, we all know, and I know we're tired of hearing it, that in March quickly, uh, our norms came to a halt and services were, as we know them, were no more. And the pastoral team and I, we quickly scrambled to bring the word right to your living room or your kitchen table or to your tablet or your cell phone, wherever you are. We scrambled to get word to you. And we prayed and we brainstormed and we very much felt like God wanted us to lean into this season as opposed to rush through it. Now, don't tune out on me because I know you've heard all this before. I want you to stay focused tonight, please. We very much felt that this was an opportunity. That this, that we have um, to take advantage of right now was to position us, or further position us for where God is taking us. And so in this season, you know, God desires us to grow not only as a church, but to grow individually, to uh learn how to tap into him for ourselves, if you will. It's easy to depend on our brothers or our sisters or a group. And not that we don't need that group. We know God is all about community. But but rather develop that relationship with him further. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. So we brought to you a series like Dig Your Own Wells. Uh, we talked about how opportunity uh, springs from trouble. We talked about self-care, you know, all this you know, balance in our lives, things like that. More recently, we brought to you the series of 
um, the 12 minor prophets, where we encourage you to dig into God's word and go back and read some of these stories uh, that perhaps you haven't read in a long time or some that you've never read so that you can glean from them what God has for your life. And, you know, there were many more series that we brought you over this past you know, five or so months uh, that were meant for you as an individual to dig into, to internalize, to engage with. We brought you also, um, you know, activity components to our messages so that you can get involved with the work that God is doing. Take advantage of this uh, season that you have at home so that you as an individual can be more prepared, can be more tapped in uh, to God. And so this time has allowed us a very unique time that most of us, this, this is it. We'll probably never have such a season again in our lives. In fact, if it has to be because of a pandemic, I, I hope we never have to have this season again. But this time that we have that um, I can't recall such a time of having this much um, time to spend with my family. You know, time to, to, to focus on um, getting digging in the word in this particular way. I've been in Newark for 25 years. Some of you have been there right alongside with me. Some of you have been around longer. And I remember coming to Newark in end of 94, uh, beginning of 95. And I remember one of the things that was always driven home is that whenever those church doors are open, we need to be there. Some of you remember that? Yeah, that was the motto. If the church doors are open, we need to be there. So when I came to Newark, hey, we had church Sunday morning. We had church Sunday night. We had church Wednesdays. And we had prayer every Friday night. Like decades. And we also had special services. So four services a week was the very minimum. And unless you were half dead or you were out of town, you were called to be there. And I remember us, you know, at times, you know, and, and those uh, complaining, you know, every time I look around, I got to be down at this church. And, and not that we didn't love the word of God, but it's kind of hard to balance sometimes when you have uh, children and husbands and wives and you have jobs and extracurricular activities going on and you got to try to juggle it all. And, you know, Sunday night comes and you get home and you just fall out because you, you, are, you are done. And so I remember uh, hearing from others and having those times myself where you're like, oh, I just wish I had a break. And so he, God has provided us that break. Not in the way necessarily we wanted, but we've had that break. We've had uh, unprecedented time to spend with our family and to um, to learn to be the church at home, right? To have our own worship services, if you will, to have our uh, to 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 dig in with our children and engage them in the Word of God and our in our families and having our own you know time with Jesus, if you will, at home. And so, yeah, that whole thing came to a screeching halt and there was no more running to church and no more eight hour work days. I mean, not just church, your church life came to a halt, but you know, pretty much our lives came to a halt. There was no more running to daycare, pick up the kids or again, extra activities, no birthday parties, no celebrations, uh, you know, nothing. It just all came to a halt. And so we did. We prayed and we produced and we prayed and we produced and we uh, brought to you what we felt God laid on our hearts to bring to you for this season, for this particular time that we're in. God has provided us sustenance during this interim period. And so I say to you interim period because we're going somewhere. This is not, I know it's uh, lasted longer than we thought, but this is not it. 
this is not where we this is not where we're gonna we're we're gonna reside uh always. And I mean when I say it, I mean this time of us not actually being in the sanctuary. Uh it'll never go back to being the same. If you are longing for the same, I, I don't want to bust your bubble, nor do I want to hurt your feelings, but that ship done sailed. Right? God is taking us to a different place, if you will, in a different way, if you will. So I, I strongly believe that things will never be the same, but they're going to be good. They're going to be good. So let me just share a couple of stories with you this evening about, um, or should I say that demonstrate the, 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 this attitude of complaining versus appreciation. One is very familiar to you. Uh, it's the story of the children of Israel when they came out of um, Egypt. And I'm going to pick up in Exodus 16. It says, Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elam and journeyed into the wilderness of Sin, between Elam and Mount Sinai. They arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. There too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into this wilderness to starve us to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for each of you. Each day, the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they will gather food, and when they prepare it, there will be twice as much as usual. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, by evening, you will realize it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning, you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaints, which are against him, not us. What have we done that you should complain against us? Then Moses added, the Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening and bread to satisfy you in the morning, for he has heard all your complaints against him. What have we done? Yes, your complaints are against the Lord and not against us. Now, if we go over to Numbers 11, we'll see a little bit more of the backstory of what was happening with the people. For example, number, Numbers 11, verse 1 says, Soon the people began to complain about their hardship, and the Lord heard everything they said. And so the people were complaining, not only about food, but they were whining. Why we got to be in this wilderness? Are we there yet? You know, why, why, why? Can't we, can't we, can't we? Who's, who's, who said you're the boss? Who's, you know, you, you can imagine the things that were going on if you know more of the story. If not, go back and read it. They were complaining about all kinds of things. Moses, who put you in charge? You know, we need this. We need that. So things were out of hand. So I'm just giving you a little bit of the spirit of the people. Uh, Numbers 11, 6 says, but now our appetites are gone. All we ever see is this manna. These were the same people who said, we're hungry. We need food. And God provided. And now the food that God has provided, they're complaining about. Oh, I'm sick of this manna. I want to have this manna anymore. All right. Numbers eleven ten says, Moses heard all the family standing in their doorways of their tents whining. And the Lord became extremely angry. So the Israelites just had this whiny thing. You know, I don't know what they expected in the wilderness. They expected a feast. You know, they, they expected some long banquet spread in the middle of the wilderness. This wasn't the promised land. They were on, they were on their way. This was provision that God had provided for them 
for the transition. To him that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. What God provided was for the interim period. And God was angry because the people complained about his provision. So God responds back in Numbers uh, 1. He says, then the Lord's anger blazed against them and he sent a fire to rage among them. And he destroyed some of the people in the outskirts of the camp. Then the people screamed to Moses for help. And when they when he prayed the Lord to the Lord, the fire stopped. Thank God Moses was a true shepherd. Moses interceded for the people because God was going to wipe them out. The Lord was very angry. Verse 31 says, Now the Lord sent a wind and brought quail from the sea and let them fall around the camp. But while they were gorging themselves on the meat, while it was still in their mouths, the anger of the Lord blazed against the people and he struck them with a severe plague. God was not happy about that complaining. So let me give you what you think you want. You don't like the manna? Let me give you meat. I'm going to give you so much meat it's going to come out your ears. Right, but God did that not to satisfy them, not to say that what they were asking for was okay, but he did that to show them. He did that to make his point, to show his anger toward them. I'm going to give you so much quail, it's going to come out of your gullet. Maybe the gullet, but you get my point. All right, but ultimately, the Israelites whining and complaining cost them the promised land. Numbers 14, verse 29 says, You will all drop dead in this wilderness. Because you complained against me, every one of you who is 20 years or older and was included in the registration will die. You will not enter and occupy the land I swore to give you. The only exception will be Caleb, the son of uh, Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. It cost them. I want to talk to you about, again, the costliness of complaining. I'm not trying to shut anybody's voice. We're a, we're a family. We're, we're a close-bonded church. And you everybody has the, um, has the right to voice their opinion. But I want you, or should I say I'm challenging you in this time, to hear with your spiritual ear and see with your spiritual eyes. Comprehend what God is doing. Con contemplate what God is doing. And so, as people, we tend to have very short memories. I mean, these same people just not too long ago were in Egypt in bondage for 100 years. 400 years crying out to God, get me out of this, get me out of this. Generation after generation had perished under the uh, cruel rule of the Pharaoh. And now God's bringing them out and all they can do is complain. Now, I know that where we came from isn't Egypt. But where we came from is not where God intended us to stay. He is moving us forward. And so we as a people have to remember the direction that God is taking us and not get stuck on looking back because again, things will never be the same. I'm just kind of giving you a hint. Things will never be the same. God is moving us forward. He has blessings for us, not just us because this whole thing ain't about us. There are souls out there. There's a harvest out there that God promised. You go back and read that, listen to that message from February 23rd where God talks about the souls that he's going to send our way. This is a time of preparation. This is a get ready, get ready, get ready moment. Get ready. So they also didn't provide, they also didn't appreciate the nourishment that God provided in that season. God brought word, God brought manna to their door every day. This pastoral team is bringing the word of life to your door every day. 
except for Sunday. I'm um, except for one day a week. Literally, right now where you're sitting, kitchen, dining room, you know, your car, wherever you are, word is being, you know, piped right into you. Every day, except for one day a week. So God also said to them that this manner he was going to, he was going to use to test them. He's going to see if they can follow instructions. Again, to him that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit say. God, there's a testing time going on. How about instead of complaining, the people would have said, hey, God, thank you so much for bringing us out. Thank you so much for destroying our enemies. Thank you so much for freedom. Thank you so much for, for what you're doing, right? So how about some thankfulness instead of the complaining? Yeah, thank you, God, for what you're providing. Thank you, God, for taking us to a better place. Thank you, God, for the souls that you're going to bring our way. Thank you for a reprieve. Thank you, God, for this moment to reflect and, 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 to, and to look forward. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to slow down and spend some time with my family and get my kids straight and all those things. Thank you, Lord. Right? I'm just, I'm just giving you some things here. Thank you for serving me, manna. Thank you for sustaining me during this difficult time. But instead of their whining and grumbling, their, their complaining cost them. It really did. Complaining is, what's the word? Complaining is contagious. So there were many people who were affected by the complaining of some who, again, didn't get to enter into the promised land. Let me give you another example that may seem like an odd example. But I'm going to fast forward to the New Testament. Here's another example of when we kind of get antsy when, 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 when uh, things take a little longer than we think they should. Uh, before Jesus ascended after the resurrection, he told the disciples to go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father, that he was going to send his spirit. And at that time, there were about 500 disciples, Scripture tells us. I'm just giving you the story. You can go back and read. Um, but when the day came for the promise to be fulfilled, there were only about 120 souls waiting in that upper room. Right, go to Acts 2. They were about 120. That means 380, somewhere along the line, dipped off. Somewhere along the line, maybe they said, eh, it's taking too long. I'm going to go somewhere else. Right? All this hustle and bustle is going on in Jerusalem and, and, and you know, the city's you know, got things going on. And I'm sitting here waiting in this upper room. You know, somewhere along the line, 380 folk thought it was a better idea to do something other than what God said to do in that season. And so when the Holy Ghost finally swept through and that 120 were a part of this historical moment that happened that we point back to in our Pentecostal ancestors, we point back to and that was the, that great outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And we know that God so moved that day that the, uh, that the Holy Ghost spilled outside of those uh, that upper room windows and, and, and filled the atmosphere and 3,000 people were added to the kingdom. Uh, at least 3,000 were added to that day. And so... Though there was opportunity for those other people who left, you know, later on to get the Holy Ghost, they missed the moment, right? They missed the, the moment in history. I really feel in my spirit that God is doing a moment in history thing right now, not just with the world, but with the church. Please, people of God, I am begging you, do not miss it. Do not grow carnal in this, in this season. Do not grow weary. Stay faithful. Go back and remember Remember what God said. Remember where we have been. And you've got to, got to know we are going forward. God will give us the time. God will lead us and guide us. But we have to stay faithful. Do not take things in your own hands. Do not make it happen. 
And so I, I realized that we miss church. I miss church. You know I love a good shout. Right? I love to be in the midst of your worship and your praise. It, it is in fact, I love, you know, for us to, 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 to hug your necks and shake your hands and to be amongst God's people. Right? I'm longing for that day too. But I'm also going to dig in to the season that God has given us. I have grown. If you haven't grown, if you have not grown during this five or so months that we have been out of church, that's your own doing. We have challenged you. We have provided you word. We have we have engaged you. We've done everything, almost including flip up down, upside down our heads to get your attention. Right? If you haven't grown, that's on you. You haven't taken advantage of what's been provided, the provision that God has has uh, provided for you. God wants you to tap into Him. Let me read to you the prophecy that was given to us. I'm going to just go to the to that. Uh, prophecy that was given to us on that February 23rd message. I want you to listen to this prophecy in the light of where we are today. I'm going to read it to you verbatim. It says, look up, look up. My redemption draweth nigh. I am coming back for my people. I am coming to seek and to save. But I am also coming to pull away and separate. To shake. Grab on to me, depend on me, for a time is coming where I'm all that you will have, but I will be all that you need. There is coming a time where I am all that you will have, but I will be all that you need. God is saying, I need you. To tap into me. I'm everything you need. You think you need quail. You think you need whatever you need in the provision. You think you need a specific preacher. You think you need to shout. You think you need to be rousing more. You think you fill in that blank. But God said, come to me. Come to me. I'm going to tell you something. If you haven't shouted in your house, that's on you. I put on my worship music and I, I can shout with a spatula in my hand in the kitchen. Right? You got to learn how to tap into God yourself. That's, that's part of what God is doing this season. Right? If you haven't been enriched uh, with the word of God, if you haven't spoken in tongues since you've been at home, you having a you problem. Re hear me. I'm not scolding anybody. You're having a you problem. It's you having a you and God problem. Because God is not confined to a building. God is everywhere. And if you're having problems tapping into him, then his, that's what he wants you to work on. That's one of the things he wants you to work on. He is the Lord your God. He knows where he's taking. He knows how he wants to build you as an individual. I'm talking to you, whoever you are. Every single person. Don't look at the person next to you in the room. Oh, John, is she talking to you? I'm talking to you. He wants to build each and every one of us personally. He wants us to be able to tap into him. That he can be everything that we need. So I say that to you tonight as encouragement. I don't know how much longer this is going to last. I wish I did know. But please don't miss it. I beg you, don't miss this season. I love each and every one of you. I can't wait to give you guys some hugs and to show you some love in person. But we're going to do it when God says so. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your love and for your provision. We thank you for your patience with us, oh God, when we grow weary, when we whine and we complain. We thank you, Lord, 
for not just taking us out, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your long suffering, oh God. Help us, oh God, to see what you want us to see and hear what you want us to hear. Help us to comprehend what your spirit is doing in this season and what you want us to do as individuals so that we can be in the right place for you. That when we come back together that collectively, God, we'll be a powerhouse for the name of the Lord. You know where you are taking us, God. Help us to follow you faithfully, Lord. We worship you, Lord, and we thank you for your goodness today. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, keep us until we meet again. Good night, and God bless each and every one of you.